Welcome to the Midlife Pilot Podcast, a podcast about flying and midlife and aviation in that same stage with old folks. My name is Chris Moran. I'm the Midlife Pilot on YouTube, and I should have flipped our images around, but on my, let's see, this I'm looking side, away from you now. Over here yeah. is uh, my friend from uh, Nashville, Tennessee, who drives really old Toyotas and even older airplanes. Uh, we didn't drive them. It's uh, Brian Siskin. Good evening to you. How you doing, buddy? I'm uh, buddy. I can't complain. How are you? Uh, well, <laughs> I, I flew 7.3 hours today, so I feel pretty <laughs> good. Um, I'm not really sure where I am or what's happening, but I'm on the internet talking, so that should be fine. It'll actually probably go just as well as it did with me uh, and my comms today. You ever have days where it's just you're just you're just all over the place with your comms. Oh yeah, and and you just realize that it's it's usually a question of just slowing down or I don't know, just <laughs> concentrating. There's, I think that after you've been a training for a while and then you've been flying for a while, there's a part of it that gets to be a little subconscious, but it doesn't really stay quite rooted there mm -hmm. all the time mm -hmm. and it'll kind of like your abilities will kind of float in and out but um i had some interesting uh uh interactions at the Asheville airport today so we'll just leave it at that okay well that's fair i did fine i just uh, you know i got a little talking to chris i'll just go ahead and tell you i got a little did talking really? to well i got i just for some at reason airport and around what time was that so i can go ahead and pull up the live <laughs> atc recording <laughs> It was basically, um, I'm not used to flying out of airports where you can get flight following from the ground and you have that sort of one extra stop that you're making. Um, and that was kind of what threw me off a little bit. I and see. when the guy, when the ground controller told me the departure frequency, for whatever reason, I thought he was, I just didn't think, I just thought he was telling me to go over to, to departure. So I went up on departure and they were like, you are the dumbest person oh, no. in the world. And we would like to congratulate you for embarrassing yourself completely. You know, it was fine. They were very nice, very, very fine controllers, actually. Um, what, what, I, I just went out of my mind. So you didn't, did you actually switch to departure? Yes. What did you say? I'm just curious. I'm sorry to drag this out. I know you didn't, you didn't necessarily want to talk about it. What, what, what did you say when you called departure from the ground? I'm just curious. I just said something about, I, I just sort of like checked in with them and said, I'm ready to like sort of told the same thing. I don't know. Oh, what I, I, see. Was doing. I see. Yeah. I, I, cause I wasn't, they said yeah. departure, but it didn't really register right. to me that it was departure. I thought that I was going to, I don't know. So anyway, that's funny. It, it was, yeah, it happens. That stuff happens. It was fine. Yeah, it's uh, all but fine. man, um, but can I tell you real quick about my day? Yes, I'd love to hear about it. Okay, and uh, hopefully everybody in the chat is interested in hearing about my day. But basically, I flew to from Nashville to Asheville, North Carolina today uh, to have lunch with uh, my younger brother, Ben. And this was, you know, a lot of people get this experience early on, you know, like when they first get their license to be able to take a family member up for a flight. I have not been able to, because nobody lives here or around here, I've not been able to do that yet at all. So today, of all days, was the first time that I took a family member up, somebody that's knew me since I was a you know young, young, young person, 
uh, and he didn't jump out of the plane and run before we took off. You know, he actually came with me, but it was amazing. So, uh, real quick, he gave me, uh, my father's logbook here. Uh, the video audience can see that. And it's got all these cool sort of entries and, you know, it's funny cause for him, he doesn't have aviation knowledge, so he doesn't know what half of this stuff means or what, what is, you know, what is it? Is it relevant at all? Mm -hmm. uh, but it's got all the stuff in there. <clears throat> and I was kind of just going through it. And, and I realized that um, one of the pages was uh, the logbook entry for my brother's first flight with my father. Oh, wow. And, uh, and it was out of a little strip called uh, NC67, which is a little grass, private grass strip that is about three miles from the Asheville airport. I mean, it's right next to it. Mm -hmm. And so I decided that what we had to do was uh, go overfly this field. And so I took my, you know, my dad would have been so over the moon. But anyway, took my brother Ben up with the logbook, flew over that airport. And, you know, Ben was sort of curious about if any childhood memories would come back of sort of seeing things from this perspective, you know, because you're in this kind of uh, bowl of terrain. Uh, it was a really neat airport, really neat experience. Um, and, and then all the mountain flying I got to do today was just awesome. Um, it's definitely, uh, oh, and, uh, in our discord, uh, I recall, and I'll send a shout out to, uh, to one dull geek who I, I don't think is in here right now, but, um, he was reminding me when I go there to make sure that I, uh, lean appropriately for takeoff because of density altitude. And it was hot there today. And, uh, and, uh, I did so nicely done. Anyway, That's very cool. It was an amazing, amazing experience. I just can't, I don't know. There's just certain times you have in flying, you know, where you just, you can't believe that you get to do it. You, you realize how hard the work is and how worth it it is to do all that. And then to be able to do that in my own plane, you know, and kind of know what's going on. It was just an amazing experience. So, that's uh that was my day today, Chris. It's fantastic. Yeah. That was very cool. What did you do today? Uh, I worked, so <laughs> not near as exciting. I did work uh, most of the day from the airport with the intention that I would get about a, an hour, an hour and a half break in the afternoon with the intention of flying, sure. but that never works out that way. And then work was crazy, and so I didn't get a break. So I did not. Has it been really work. windy up there? It has. It was not today. Today was beautiful, but we've had some of those days, you know, recently that have been a little crazy. Um, but there were two of the three planes in the club were available uh, while I was there and just didn't get a chance to fly. Yeah. You know, we should tell uh, the podcast audience, too, that uh, as a reminder, we record every other Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern and a couple of shout outs to folks who I know have been around uh, quite a while. Uh, but tonight is their first night joining us live in the chat. Hanging on a rotor is here. And uh, also uh, Austin Brumley is here, uh, who are shouting out in the chat tonight. So um, nice. it's awesome to have uh, some new folks in the chat room with us tonight for our talk on, uh, well, weather, which uh is uh a thing that happens oh can we do that one other housekeeping thing where All we invite them. people to do things so uh if you review the podcast that's super great if you share it that's even better um and the audio version um you can go on anchor and actually become like a, a monthly supporter as low as 99 cents a month 
And, you know, with the numbers we're doing, uh, Chris, we might be millionaires. Uh, how are you going <laughs> to, if we can get our 1 million listeners to just support us with 99 cents a month, what, what, yeah. kind, of, what kind of plane are you going to buy with your half million? Oh, probably a 150. That's why didn't we have this discussion. Everybody's like, what are you, are you out of your mind? <laughs> well, just, my family don't want to fly with me. So crowdfunded 150. Yeah. Be the nicest 150 you've ever seen, but 152. Arabat, sure. Oh yeah, just go air. Yeah, go full Arabat. Yeah, right? go all the way. It's it's, uh, it's paid for. <laughs> exactly. Generous um, audience. Yeah. Now, have you done any uh, aerobatics yet? I have not. I haven't even done spin training. Um, I'm not even sure it's on my list. Uh, you know, really, I I have a couple friends with Satabrias who have offered multiple times to take mm. me up and do some. Um, aerobatic stuff at least spins um but i have just not took them up on the offer yet i should probably do that though i mean you know uh i imagine they want to live oh yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'd be cool i just haven't done it <laughs> yeah well so i thought it was interesting um, in the Discord, there's been a ton of talk this week. Specifically, I thought about weather. There just has been a lot of uh, posts and debates about various weather apps and stuff. And I just thought it might be cool to, you know, seasons changing here, and yeah, uh, I thought it might be cool to talk about um, just a general weather thing. Like talk through what you know, how do you how do you do weather for your flight planning? What apps do you use? What sources do you use? How you know, what's kind of your routine when planning. And I think it's, a, we'll open it up. We should encourage everyone who's here live tonight to put, you know, post in the chat, some stuff, you know, your, yeah your apps that you like, how you, how do you plan a flight? Like what's your stages of planning? Uh, I think it'll be interesting to hear everybody's take. Cause I'm sure everybody's got their own kind of routine for how they do it, you know? And I guess it depends on the flight, you know, how long is the flight, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, it also, de- it, it's interesting because it, it depends on so many things. Like for instance, I, when I was renting up until recently, you had to really speculate long-term on whether, you know, you'd be looking at next week and you're trying to figure out, you know, uh, large scale kind of patterns to give you the the most likelihood to even have a chance to fly. And then there's sort of the subcategory of then once the time is sort of approaching, Mm -hmm. but maybe we can start with like far out. So, uh, and I think this will help people that are renting a lot, but also anybody that's just trying to plan their freaking lives. So yeah, like if you're, what's, what's the furthest out that you'll even start looking? Well, I mean, for any, let's say for like a fly, like, you know, flying to Nashville or like a bigger trip type of thing. Not just like a week. I mean, a week really for me is about as, and even then it's complete, almost complete speculation, but, I'll, but I'll do preliminary stuff kind of a week out, uh, prog charts. Yeah. That kind of stuff a week ahead. What about you? What do you think? Yeah. So same, same kind of thing. I mean, strangely enough, as much as aviationweather.gov is great and there's some tools we'll get into more deeply there, but, um, strangely enough, if I just, go to like the native dumb weather app that is on my phone and just go to the 10 day outlook and just try not to, it's almost like you just kind of blur your eyes 
and just sort of contextually uh, sort of look at it, you can really get a sense pretty quick of high pressure and low pressure and changes that are coming, at least in this part of the country. And this is the thing. I mean, this this varies for everybody where you are, but uh, I tend to just start looking at the 10 days, uh, 10 days out and starting to get a sense of, because at least around this part of the country, you know, and I would imagine for a lot of the East Coast as well, maybe a lot of areas, but it's kind of like, there's just the cycles and it's just going to be bad. And then it's going to be kind of good. Mm-hmm. Then it's going to get too good. Then it's going to, and then it's going to be bad again. So you just try to figure out where in the, in the parade, um, that your, your time frame is sitting. Um, so uh, actually I just, I, I use prog charts to get a sense of actually weather information, but I also just use basic non-aviation weather tools to very loosely from far away get a sense yep. of what is the general likelihood or if I'm trying to fly, I should probably put it right in the middle of that week because I can kind of see, you know, a little bit before and a little bit after. And it could, uh, you know, this is all, we're basically just talking about how to gamble, right? Like it's, Essentially. it's <laughs> The house always wins. Yep. Same. And uh, a lot of folks are saying the same thing. Alyssa Miller and others in the chat, um, commercial, commercial products that are available. I use them to um, the weather app on my iPhone or the weather channel, but weather channel is almost unusable because of ads anymore. Uh, but yes, that's kind of like the week to 10 day thing for me. Then what do you do? Well, and by the way, Ben Singer of the Sage has a great comment here. He's basically saying this time of year, especially the, the the forecasts seem to change radically over a short period of time. I mean, so it is kind of. I mean, that's totally. It's it's almost hopeless, but we try to just, you know, we strain for anything in our lives, Chris, that give off give us a feeling of control, you know. And so, look at the weather, imagine all you want, plan all you want. But yeah, so that's about it though. For 10 days out, I don't really get too crazy. As it starts to get like, let's say seven days out, now we're in the wheelhouse of some some actual consideration. What, what, do, you, what do you do when you're about seven days out? I don't, I don't still don't go any further than that a week out. Yeah. I'm, I'm still kind of at that five days. high level overview. Five days gets a little more interesting. Okay, five days. Let's start there. Yeah, five days gets a little more interesting because you start to get a little bit more detail. Um, the prog charts start to get a little bit more, um, a little bit more detailed at that point. Um, I'll tell you, I when I, I one of the things I like, I mean, it, this is all aviationweather.gov information in ForeFlight. You know, when you're in actually the imagery section. Um, but what I like to do, I go down through my here's my like my top four things. Um, cloud cover for the region i'm in but that's you can't even get into that until like within 24 hours of your flight right so that's that's going to be later so you prog charts um probably five five days out you can start getting a feel for that more commercial weather stuff they've got a little bit more refined forecasting of where the fronts are going to be um at that point but still there's not a whole lot you can do yet on the exacts for precipitation or for, especially for clouds. Clouds are my nemesis. Because, because I feel like, I mean, there's a reason that their forecasts are really only available for such a short time before, because I think they're the most difficult to accurately predict in terms of the amount of coverage. Yeah. um, The exact 
uh, just where they're going to be, the height of the base of the clouds. You know, there's so many factors that go into where that's going to be. I've just been burned so many times on inaccurate cloud forecasting. I think more than any other aspect of the of weather forecasting. And do you mean, uh, especially for us uh, people that have not gotten our instrument ratings yet, but the but the VFR um, dilemma of scattered. So many times it's, it's broken, and then it becomes broken, and then it's how broken and mm-hmm. and then it's like is this looking for holes to get through broken or just you know some a little bit of diverting around these masses right um yeah i mean so you know apparently and i don't look i'm not an expert here but i'm pretty sure they offer this training that you can get where you can go through them <laughs> But uh, I'm going to try that later this year. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, yeah, I mean, ultimately, to hedge that the, the instrument rating thing, I don't have an instrument rating, but I can tell you right now, if I did, I would not fly in a whole lot different different conditions. It would just be for punching through to get out of somewhere or, you know, like I, I, I think it's a myth that, you know, it just opens up every, you can just do whatever you Weather doesn't matter anymore. So anyway, uh, yeah. And then also you got you have um, how does the icing sitch work for you in the winter, especially over in your territory? Oh yeah, it's it's significant up here. We uh, the the freezing level is typically pretty low. It prevents a lot of flights um, for our instrument rated pilots, especially through the through the winter season. Um, it's also kind of fun because there is this like people play it by ear. We, we, our planes flew a fair amount in some snow conditions this year. You know, you can get away with that. Um, if the temperature is low enough and it's, you know, the snow, the snow is hard and it's going to just not affect the wings, but, um, it becomes a whole different animal up here in the winter time, um, with freezing level. Uh, I like what Alyssa's, saying here about how just easy it is to get obsessive about watching the weather every day. Um, unless planning a big trip with lots of coordination, the most value comes in the day or two before. Yeah. So, okay. So we're five, we're, we've done, we kind of talked generally about five days out. You, you're getting into a few things. Now let's talk about two days out. Um, oh, we've left out. I've left out some key things. We get into this range. Oh. Then I'm looking at like, um, TAFs and the Moz stuff from individual airports yeah. along my route of flight. I won't do a full four-flight briefing a couple of days out because there's still too many missing pieces from that normal briefing. But you can start to get a little bit more uh, data directly that way. Yeah, um, Winds start to get a little bit more dialed in to what that's going to be. Winds and temperatures and stuff two days out. Um we had talked about in the in the uh, Discord. I think there was a discussion about this about, and somebody had worded it pretty well. But I guess a few people chimed in about how, in four flight specifically, it's kind of like the the modeling output, the stuff is super pessimistic, and then the dailies are super optimistic, and then the TAFs are kind of maybe somewhere in between. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of how it shook out. Mm-hmm. It is funny how you're you're sort of 
to to almost personify it as here's the pessimistic weather and here's the optimistic that's weather right. uh i think that that's that's good if, if people rely on just one or two of those things i think that's probably not good um you got to get all the you don't want to have confirmation bias for for weather you know no, we're no. not instructors we you know go to talk to your cfi we're just hack midlife pilots trying not to kill ourselves and enjoy everything that's right is that our new slogan no that's not very uh, something like that yeah so yeah so that's that's a couple days out for me yeah so now the other thing and i'm i'm waiting for i'm waiting for the sage to chime in about this but uh i'll just go ahead and do it <laughs> i know what he's thinking right now he's thinking what about the graphical forecasts on aviationweather.gov. I have a hard um, time with that tool. I've never got good at it. <laughs> so it's, you know, maybe Ben should do like a masterclass because he's he's got it pretty down. Uh, Sam uh, Evans' son, who's a CFI, uh, is a big proponent of the graphical forecasts, uh, that tool. You know, if you're... 12 hours out, 18 hours out, six hours out. I mean, you know, you can see, you can see some things. Um, so that's, you know, another tool. Um, oh, by the way, another thing that I, well, let's say, like, right, let's get down to like brass tacks. Like, okay, I'm trying to figure out whether to go to the airport or not. Uh, what do you flip coin or what do you do? Well, we get inside. I mean, the night before, or, you know, the night before or the day before, then it gets, that's when all of the stuff that I really care about as again, a non-instrument rated, like can't punch through the cloud layer pilot. Like what are the cloud forecasts for my region? Uh, you know, or where, where I'm going for the times I'm going to be there. Um, what are the bases? Can I, then can I get over the terrain? I need to get over under those bases. Here's a good one too. Winds aloft, the things to think about, not just like in terms of picking a cruise altitude, but like I, I'm starting to pay attention to like the mountain range that I have to cross. What are the heights of the mountains? And then I'm following my thousand feet over them for every 10 knots of wind across at the at the height of the mountain peaks. So I'm starting to figure out what can realistically my cr safe cruise altitude be across there. So that's another one. Um, prog charts are super active then. Uh, turbulence uh, forecasting by that point is pretty good. Um, so I can find out if there's any... Um, predictions for any significant turbulence and then uh of course always checking the um for any air mets or sigmets when we get really close inside the region of time um for convective stuff or whatever um and pi reps pi reps uh, too as you get super close but yeah, yeah and like and then the four flight briefing which basically has all of those things plus some more a lot more <laughs> yeah for your whole route it's really nice how it's all kind of laid out you know yeah. for your whole route of flight and everything so and yep, if i'm really unsure we I'm know exactly what light bulb is out where exactly uh, if i'm yeah. really unsure i'll call a briefer i have done that i've done that three times yeah i've definitely i've definitely done it a few times and kind of enjoyed it um there was something about i think one thing that when it comes to weather, like actually calling a briefer, one of the benefits I've found from that, that I wasn't anticipating when I've done that is 
there's just something about somebody casually interpreting the information and then giving you the key bits that are formulating an opinion essentially and you're when you're on the phone you know you're, you're just writing you're forced to actually write the stuff down that they're saying you can't just sit there and be like oh really uh, you know like you gotta you gotta be with it because you want all this information uh to go back over and so when you take all the notes i had like you know three or four pages of notes from these calls you know and, and it was like there's something about almost like in a school type way you know where because you're taking notes on it you're actually interpret internalizing the information more richly um yeah maybe that's just me yeah no no i think that's i think that's totally that's totally good cuz i mean looking at an app is just so passive and and i don't know my favorite part at the end of the briefing the last time i called for one he said um do you want me to read the notums for your destination airport and i said no thank you <laughs> <laughs> like that. I do need to get off the phone at some point. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but yeah, and then one of the other, this is a, a tool that I found recently that I know I've shared with some people, but um, it's uh, metar-taf.com. It is a, I don't know, a, a lot of this, a lot of the time with these tools, it's just about whatever interface of synthesized information kind of just works with how you think or how you visually prefer things to be laid out or whatever. The cool thing about the metard-taf.com is that if you want, you can actually customize the, the layout. But ultimately, um, while it does exist on the web and it does have a live stream capability, which is really cool, uh, it's as close to just having a station uh, as possible, but the, the mobile app, which I think maybe cost a couple of bucks or maybe not even, I don't know, but it is uh, fantastic for just very quickly getting all the information that you, that you want. And I, I like, here's the thing that I do this. It's, <laughs> I might have some weird things that I do that make sense to me, but tell me if you do this. Like, so for instance, um, on a tool like this, where I have all these different airports listed, depending on what I'm doing, if I like say that I'm going to go, I want to fly somewhere that is three hours to the east, then what I'll do is I'll add airports that are just in line, starting a bit west of where I'm starting and then across my route and then beyond, basically in line with what the weather is kind of how it's circulating just so that at a glance in a chronological laid out view without really drilling into anything, I can just see along my path what's happening with the with the conditions in, in one glance. So there's just all kinds of weird things people do, right? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But come on, be more impressed. I mean, don't don't act like you're not impressed. Come on, man. Yeah. No, I like it. <laughs> um so then so then you're at the airport. So we've got ourselves like getting a briefing. You decided to go to the airport. Yeah. Um, are there any like last minute other than obviously other than getting like the weather after you've started up in the plane and whatever, like, is there anything else that you do? Like, Oh, I never check the weather. I just, I never listen to the ATIS. I just call up grounded and say, uh, and I've got the weather. Ah, mm -hmm. that's and then, a good, that's and a they, good and they never, never second guess before. it. You, yeah. you ever hear people doing this? You're like, you didn't check it. Oh yeah, I know, I know exactly. you didn't no, check it. Right. Yeah. 
That's anyway. cool. I hear that too. <laughs> I check, uh, you know, there's also, do you have, um, what's your point of view driving to the airport? Do you get, do you have like a, is there a point of view that you have along the way that gives you a sense of what's going on? Yeah, I drive. So we, we, I would say we're taking off and landing runway two, three at our airport, 85 to 90% of the time. And my, that's the direction of travel that I'm driving to the airport, basically. So I'm basically facing the takeoff direction. And typically, I mean, if we're being honest, the majority of my flights are southeast. I'm either going for work to the Virginia shore or I'm going to the North Carolina shore for travel. So I can kind of see that general direction towards the mountain ridge. So yeah, I'm kind of looking, I can kind of look out and get a general sense for what it looks like. But you know, clouds are still tricky. I mean, even from you, it's not always easy to make an assertion of what the height of these clouds are yeah. from your, you know, away from the airport terminal areas too. So yeah. the two times I've been burned really badly, I mean, both of them worked out fine. Obviously one was actually a solo cross country as a student that I was taking to Lewisburg. So I had to cross the ridge there on the Eastern part of, you know, down the kind of the Eastern part of West Virginia. And, uh, I ended up above a layer of clouds. I decided to go anyway, but I had to climb to a higher altitude than I wanted. It wasn't a complete layer. I mean, I always could see cracks. It was definitely not, it was definitely more coverage than I wanted to be. It was definitely more than scattered. I mean, it was, it was probably broken. Um, and, uh, I was wondering about halfway there and I talked to, I talked to a flight service station actually, um, in route to ask about cloud cover ahead towards Lewisburg. And, um, there were holes enough to get through, but it was, it was kind of a wild experience. I probably only had, I may have had 25 hours, 20, or 20 yeah, 20 hours yeah. of time at that time. And that was the first time I'd ever been in kind of that situation. Um, and, but that was not at all forecast, right? So, like, and that was this like minutes before I left the airport, it was not calling for that to be the case. And of course, airports are so funny that if you ever really, there's YouTube videos out there you guys should watch. If you've never watched how the how the ceiling um, sensors work at airports for the METARs, it's fascinating. I'm not going to try to explain it here, but there are great videos out there on the technology. It basically it's another grain of salt thing. Like I've, I've had METARs from Clarksburg that said sky clear. And I'm like looking at the Clarksburg airport going like, that is not clear. Yeah. So that was one cloud thing. And then obviously the most recent one you guys have seen was my VFR. I mean, my uh, flight review that we took off. And I mean, within a half hour, it went from scattered to fully overcast to minimums. And we were stuck above them and had to, thank God I had a CF with me and we were able to get a, instrument uh <laughs> clearance and approach back into fairmont so uh <laughs> clouds are clouds are the devil basically is what it is yeah yeah I, when i one time when i was stuck somewhere for a couple of days and i think i was because i was calling ben just being like hey you know what do you think and by the way that's actually before i skirt past that i think that that's actually one of the most valuable tools in your uh, toolkit for discerning weather and go, no go decisions and all that. Ask other people, what do they think? What's it looking like to you? Check yourself before you wreck yourself. 
see yeah. if it's crazy or not, or yeah. if you're missing something, you know, there's always room to have, you know, a handful of other people you trust. Uh, and hopefully one of them is a CFI, but it's even good to get, you know, non CFI opinions. Also, everybody's going to have their own point of view and you can aggregate all that and, and make a, a better decision. But, um, I was stuck somewhere for a couple of days and it was, you know, real, it was very, very, very marginal. <clears throat> and, but if I didn't get out, I was going to be stuck for a while, even further. And I think it was Ben or somebody that said, you know, you're just going to have to go up and have a look, you know, and I, that would, it seems so simple, but it, I don't think until at that point I had framed things in my mind to be um, uh, that you can use the airplane to kind of survey <laughs> at the airport. Like, you know, you can obviously if, if you're in a dangerous situation, don't do that. I'm just saying right. if, if it's like, if I don't think the tornado is that close. If you're trying to get, you know, what is it? Okay, so it's you know it's overcast twenty three hundred, and you're in unfamiliar territory, and you're thinking about maybe doing some scud running until you, you know because you would only have to do it for a couple of miles, whatever it might be. I'm just saying, sometimes just just go. Okay, well, I'm not committing to. You just don't. Uh, yeah. I always just thought of that you're committing to the flight when you get in the plane, you fire it up, and you go, and then there's sort of the diversion. Yeah. But I never really thought about it as sort of like a scouting kind of possibility where you can just, I, I'm just going to go up. If everything looks cool, I'll carry on, but I'm not going to bias anything that direction. But I need to see the long view of, of what's going on actually here. Because if you don't have the right, you, you know, you you can have a cloud sensor that's uh, playing games with you. And then you can have something where just because of your point of view at that particular airport it might look like it's all for naught, but if you can just see right over there, right. it's, you know, and the only way you can do that is maybe to get up over where you can see over this hill, I don't know, whatever it might be. Yeah. So uh, that was a, that was an interesting realization. That's a, that's a weather tool flying. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. The windshield of your airplane. Just, just go fly and everything and see what it's like. Yeah. We're not CFIs. I do think there's some of, I, honestly though, that sounds kind of like dangerous advice, but I do think, it does. There is value in like seeing what these conditions really are. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like with your own eyeballs, I've gotten a lot of ex practical experience from finding holes to climb through. I mean, stuff that you don't really want to have to do, but I mean, you know, I've had to do it before and it's, it's, you don't know what you don't know until you've actually seen it. It's the same thing with like, we've talked about that in episodes about like expanding your minimums. Like how do you know when you can now land in like a nine knot crosswind instead of you, the five that was when you were a student pilot or like a 10 knot crosswind, you know, like you don't, you don't know until you go do them. I mean, yeah, some of it is just, you just got to kind of get out and do it to really see it firsthand. Yeah. Well, and then also just this is all under the umbrella of general aviation. Don't rely on it. Don't count on it. And we are midlife pilots. We never need to fly. We are not doing this for an income. We are not doing this. We never have to be anywhere. We can try to tell ourselves we have to be places or that we'd rather fly or, you know, whatever. But I mean, 
nothing ever has to happen for most people that are in our uh, situation. So I want to make sure that that's reiterated. Don't yeah, go, absolutely. don't do it. Don't do the last thing I said. How about that? Just ignore it. Uh, no, but um. so does anybody else have any, like I want to see if anybody in the chat has interesting tools or thoughts or ideas because our, our little monkey brains are only so powerful. People like Wendy, the Wendy app, that's been a, um, oh, yeah. been mentioned a few times uh, in the chat. <clears throat> I don't know what it is about the Wendy app, but for me, I have a hard time using it. It's also because I have problems, but it, the interface is confusing to me. That's all I'm going to say. I think it's amazing. And Four Flights brought in some of that stuff, which is cool. Yeah. Surface winds, all that. So, getting your instrument rating, you know, it solves a few problems um, related to weather planning. It takes away some of some of the devilness of the clouds, in that, you know, when you're not dealing with freezing levels that are going to be a problem in a non-ficky um, equipped airplane, you can get out of your airport. My problem, ninety percent of the days that I'm trapped at Fairmont, is because there's a teeny little cloud layer over the airport. We'd have to be in the clouds for about. 18 seconds on the way out and then it would be vfr the rest of the way so like yeah i think um i think for that it's extremely helpful um and cloud planning becomes a, i mean not easier because like you said i don't know if i'd ever really want to plan on a flight that i was going to fly somewhere for two and a half hours in continuous um i imc conditions the entire way i just don't know that i would have I don't know that that's super exciting for me um, or that I would enjoy that at all, but at least it's one less component that completely eliminates the possibility to fly. If you're, if you're cloud, if you're clouded in, you're clouded in, you know what I mean? And there's so yeah. many days where all you got to do is get through on the way up and maybe again on the way down and um, takes kind of some of those cloud planning out of the equation. So there's some people chiming in about windy, um, Ben saying uh, that he agrees it does take some getting used to. Adam's talking about it's definitely worse on Android. I mean, you know, and then uh, one dull geek I think is not telling us, but I think he's sponsored by by Wendy. <laughs> you know, I think, yeah, or he's either that or he's got a bunch of stock in the whoever it is. Yeah, uh, but he he loves Wendy. He said, but he, and he knows about it really well, and he says the web app's way better. So, um, yeah, that's a good point, Chris uh, C is uh, Wendy's a lot of data with little explanation of what it means. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. I mean, I, I don't think that it, the meaning part, I suppose, is up to us, or it's not in the context of an aviation tool per se, although it does have some aviation specific stuff. I don't know. Yeah, it's a lot, man. It's just a lot. There's just, I've, I just find myself when I'm trying to use it, like I'm just, a lot of times I'm just trying to do something very simple and I can't do it. Or, and maybe this is just where it is to get old, uh, but it's also uh, it's a lot of the layers and the things. I, I'm I'm like, what? Okay, what is that? <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And you want to be able to like hover over it, or I don't know, just and the explainer is not. I don't know. It's I guess I'm old. Am I old? That's what yeah. it boils down to, basically. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Damn. Well, weather is a 
you know, a topic that's, it's a little, it's kind of hard to just do a big, a big overview, I guess, is the takeaway. It's a lot easier to get in specific, you know, aspects. User stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the only other thing I want to say is just that I I think that if, if it's questionable, uh, if you find just some, I'm more into like the existential part of uh, weather, where it's like if you find that you're really concerned about it and then you find in your sort of self-awareness that you're trying to, if you find that you're trying to find ways to make it work versus trying to find ways to make it not work, then maybe you need to step back for a second because I think that there's a lot of tools and so people will look to find the thing that supports what they want or what their idea is about what is going to happen with the flight or, or whatever. And I, I don't know. I find that if I ever catch myself just sort of being like, well, that's no good. Let me look over here. I mean, there's some value to that, right? Oh, you mean comparing the same, you comparing between tools. Yeah. I guess, I guess I'm just saying, yeah, but just generally, I'm just saying psychologically when you are evaluating whether, whether to go flying or not, whether the weather, um, if you, I can identify that at some point you are looking for ways to make a flight work as opposed to looking for a way to make a flight not work, then that's not a place you want to be. Yeah. I think that's generally good advice. I don't think you should manipulate the tools that you have available to you to get the answer you want. I think it is okay to get strategic about how to make a flight work with the current weather. I mean, that's really what it is kind of about. Like we were trying to get home from Newport news and um, couldn't go to Fairmont because the clouds North were going to be problematic and there was some rain and other stuff, but we, we saw literally saw an opening and got out of Newport news and we're going to go to Charleston, West Virginia instead because it was going to be, vfr forever and someone else was going to come anyway i guess the point is like we made a pretty quick call like we were in the fbo trying to figure out are we staying here I and mean, we had options like you said you never have to go i mean we it's not like we felt like well if, if we don't leave here all of our lives are over but you know it was like we used all of the tools not in a way where we said well this looks better i mean it looks better on the windy app so it's probably you know i mean we weren't like doing that thing we were saying mm-hmm. like this southerly route to Charleston is doable, but going north like our normal plan is not anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah, we we did try to find a way to make a flight work, um, but we changed destinations too. So I guess that's a little different. But I I would totally say a hundred percent if you're if you're comparing results from different apps and different sources to find the one that is most favorable to justify getting in there and going, that is definitely problematic. Yeah. That's very, you worded it much better than I did. It took me five minutes, but I got there. (laughs) Well, I, I, yeah. Talking has not been my strong suit today. So yeah, let's do a podcast and have a live (laughs) chat and put other people through my, my shortcomings. Uh, no, but, um, yeah. So, um, you know, the one thing that I'll say, Chris, with uh, the, the, you know, the amount of flying that you've been doing lately is that you are not spending as much money on fuel as I am. That is an absolute fact. Um, 
That is an absolute fact. But I'm definitely the weather is changing, and I'm definitely itching. I mean, like I like I said earlier, I tried to make I tried to make a lunchtime work, and it just wasn't meant to be. Um, I'm already thinking about can I get up? Can I go at six a.m. tomorrow? So I'm yeah. already I'm already working on that. If that's possible because I'm trying to make a video for you. Actually, I'm trying to make your VOR your VOR video. That oh right, the, to make. the quintessential VOR video. Yeah. So I'm. I've been planning how I'm going to do that. Uh, and that was what I was going to do today if I could have got out, but um, I couldn't get away. Man, so. uh, I spent the, the amount of time I had in cruise today was good to, to still try to get a feel for the, the G5s. Um, will you also make a G5 video for dummies? Man. It seems the thing, it's not complicated, but there's just nuances about it that are, I, I don't know. I love I love altitude uh, bugs and I love heading yeah. bugs and I love I'm not sure if yours is set up this way I can totally show you how to do it if it's not um, I don't know if you've got the little um, marks on your speed tape for, for all of your V speeds yeah but those are huge yeah I think those really at a glance I use those a ton in the 235 and the 172 now uh, it's just so nice to get a visual reference like if you're climbing out at VX and you know you are. Yeah, just keep the X on the line. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like yeah. It, it really those little things to me are super helpful for just less time looking at it. You know, it's just kind of like, oh, there it is, there it is. Uh, from a UI perspective, I analyze these things and I just go, "There's, is this really the best? I didn't they think about this really hard and spend a lot of money in R and D to get this to be as ubiquitous and understood and yep. universal as possible? How is it that somebody with a reasonable brain and a you know, an eye for user interfaces and technology and complex, weird things. How is it that I'm looking at? I'm like, Oh wait, no. Okay. That's what, Oh, Oh, uh, you know, cause obviously I don't read the manuals as much as I should, mm, right. but, but I, but it, I've always had this weird thing. I don't know. Maybe you're like this. Or, I bet you're like this. I, I have a thing where if I get something, this is, this should not apply to things in airplanes, but it, it's, I understand intuitively how to use it enough to know, and it's backed up and whatever. So I'm not doing anything dangerous. But just generally speaking, uh, I like to get things and not use the manual and just see how far I can get with it. Oh, in yeah. Intuitively, just to get a sense of how it's designed 100%. as opposed to, you know, yeah, see how far I can get on my own and then figure out where I stumble. And then, then when I really go through and read all the documentation, I have something to base it on. Yeah, I mean, we did that one. We put the engine monitor in the 235. Um, we were replacing, so we were able to do it ourselves because we were replacing the old circular one with a, a direct replacement screen. It's yeah. the same connectors on the back, so as pilots, we, we were able to just do that ourselves. The minute the thing powered on uh, and we went out to run it up, I was in the men menus. The only thing I had to look up was what the key combination was to get in the config menu. <laughs> And then yeah. I was like, leave me alone, manual. And it was like pretty much that. Yeah, I do that. I do that all the time with yeah. all, in the airplane or not. It's constant pushing buttons. But yeah. Another random thing. I just, this is now we're at the point of the podcast where we might as well just be on a phone call with each other. Right. <laughs> People, please chime in if you have anything that you'd like to contribute. But um, no, I wanted to mention to you also, I'm going to try to find the email here. Oh, yeah. So I. You said, oh, yeah, before you had the email. Yeah. I, I can see what's happening here. Okay. So this is, this. you might think that this is dumb. 
Uh, I enjoy it when you don't disagree with things that I say, but you are just kind of, uh, gosh, what's, oh, nonplussed. Like you are, yeah. Uh, I seek your approval, Chris. And, and this is just, you know, this is just how it goes, man. No, but, um, I want, and I'm going to have in my airplane during the annual, since we're doing the autopilot and everything else, I'm putting in an enunciator, an audio enunciator for the stall because it's just a stall light. And let me tell you, you can't see that thing. You can't see it. And here's when I, here's the moment when I realized it, that this is not, you know, we can make basically an inline thing. Like, but there's an STC 30 bucks. It gets done in five minutes. That's how easy this is to solve. I was in the pattern the other day and I was being extended really far on downwind for traffic. And as you get further and out, the terrain really starts to, to come up and it's unnerving. I don't like being at pattern altitude when you get extended out that far. And usually what happens is you've started your beam, the numbers, you start your descent, you know, you've maybe gotten down to 1400 feet, you know, out of, at least the pattern altitude there, you know, it was 1500. So you might drop a hundred feet, 200 feet. Then now you're at 1300 and they're mm-hmm. saying, uh, you need to extend. So then I'm going like, I've got flaps in. So I'm going full power to get, start climbing basically because it's like a go around that's happening on the downwind. But at the same time, I don't want to go too far either. So you're kind of just negotiating right. like yeah, 10, right. slow flight. Right. You know, yep. and, uh, and balancing, you know, all that, but, um, but then some, I forget what it was, but there was a couple things going on where they had me looking for somebody that was on final. And then there was somebody that was overflow. Like there's a bunch of things happening where I needed to be looking and I was flying, you know, mm-hmm. flying this way and I'm having to look back, you know, at, almost behind me, right. To, to see all these things that they're asking me to see and that I want to see. Mm-hmm. And in that process, I'm looking, you know, I'm not looking at the panel. Right, right, right. And I looked back and I'd only gotten maybe to like, I don't know, 75 knots or something. But still, like that was, I could feel that I kind of nosed up by by looking back for a long time and trying to figure out stuff. I could feel it. And then when I looked, I was like, don't like that. You know, if I had a stall horn, uh, not that I got to the stall. Right, you wouldn't have said anything that time. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, that's something I decided that. That's cool. Good. Uh, do you approve? I uh, absolutely. Does, yeah. does your two thirty five have a stall light or horn? It has a horn. Can I borrow it? I mean, it'd be tough to be so, probably tough to put in. But it's electronic though. Like <laughs> yeah. the, the one in the um, one seventy two is a like a it's a like a whiner. It's like a separate thing. The one yeah. in the Cherokee is a beep. It's a, in the speaker or the overhead speaker. Beep! It's a beep, you know, electronic like noise. Oh, the the ultimate though is the Cessna Reed. Yes, it's just a wind I love instrument. Those. I love. I know. I love uh, the the one fifty has one. Yeah. yeah, it's super cool. Hey, um, before we wrap up, uh, I want to promote the next uh, episode. Yeah. Oh yeah, That's we got a big one. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think episode thirty four, which we will record on Wednesday, May. 
fourth, uh, May third, Wednesday, May third at eight o'clock Eastern. Um, our guest is going to be uh, Gareth, uh, who's zero three Delta on YouTube and on all the social media. He's a Florida dude. Um, he has a really cool, fun YouTube channel. Uh, he trained with Lou uh, Ludix Aviation uh, to do his private with uh, with Lewis and. Um, so that's where I first found him, and then he he started a cool channel that I've followed ever since it started. Really, um, so that's yeah, gonna be a lot of fun. His videos are very well put together, yeah. um, and uh, his wife is also a pilot, right? She also yes. Then did her training, uh, pilot Rachel on uh, Instagram yeah. and uh, other social media. His wife uh, got her private as well, um, and I think they're working on instrument stuff because I saw an Instagram story the other day of. Um, shooting approaches. So I think one or both of them are, uh, so I'm sure we'll talk about that some, uh, on the next episode as well. So cool. I've, I very much enjoy, uh, his humor and his, uh, and his video making is great. So, um, I very much enjoy his accent. So I'm looking forward to that. Don't you feel like that you'd just be further along in life if you, you know what I mean? I'm not saying you, you, an accent gets you things for free, but it kind of does. What yeah. Do think? Oh, I, I think it, I think it's helpful. Yeah. Nah, he's, like, he's, a, he's a good he's a good guy we've interacted a little bit and um i'm looking forward to talk to him just i i've never really you know heard his whole story kind of you know of like, yeah his whole aviation thing i know it's in his family too kind of like yours i yeah. think yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited to kind of just hear his background and uh spend and an hour talking to him and his plane was overseas or something and then it was being I don't know. I don't know. We're going to find out all the things. We'll learn all the things. So he should be a great guest next time. Uh, So if you've got questions for him, maybe go check out his channel ahead of time. If you haven't zero three Delta on YouTube um, and come prepared to pepper him. I'm sure he'd love to hear from everybody. Um, All right. And then real quick, Tuomo says he told me to get an AOA indicator. I love Uh, those too. So of course I, you know, uh, I'll, I'll start crowdfunding that immediately. Uh, Yeah. I, Nobody like backcountry 182, man. That guy, oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, he's got a really cool new video. If you haven't watched his channel, it's, that's another person we should get him on. Yeah, we and should. he's got a cool accent. Yes, he does. We should. We should. Oh, man. All right, let's put that on the list here. Write, write that down in your notes. Put it down. Is there anybody else that you guys think that we should have on this podcast? Yeah, make Go a list. Speak your mind real quick because we're about to roll. Well, that was quick. Yeah, people seem excited about Garrett. That's cool. Yeah, I think so. All right. All right, sir. Well, thank you for potting. It was a good episode. Yeah. Uh, thanks to everyone who hung out with us late into the evening in the chat. And um, I guess we'll see everybody in two weeks and we'll hang out with Garrett. Awesome. Can't wait. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.